This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. All right. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Good morning. Disaster Divas. This is your faithful co-host in Disasters, Jordan Cruciola. And I'm Amanda Smith. Less faithful. Still here. <laughs> Less faithful. Um, I feel like that's a good setup, uh, lack of faith, as mm. we enter into our discussion today about the uh, new movie that currently playing in your multiplex, though probably not for much longer. I was going to so, say, I don't know that it yeah, is. Yeah, not, not for much longer. So get out there and see it. Underwater, starring Kristen Stewart, and today, friends and listeners, uh, me and Amanda are at odds. Yeah. I think this is probably our biggest divergence so far. Yeah. In how we've experienced the movie. It's so much so that Amanda Amanda suggested we not have a reality index for this episode and we just disagree with each other the entire time. I, I mean, I did think that that might be, there just might be merit to the two of us sitting there and being like, but it just, I didn't like it. And then you go, but I liked it. And then we just went back and forth for a while. Yeah. And I don't think that our differences are so different, and yet they are. (laughs) Like, there are things that you and I can agree on, like the fact that I would watch five hours of Kristen Stewart running around just a bunch of hallways, frantic, with cuts on her face. (laughs) I'm in. Give that to me. Yeah. Glad. I'm glad we're on the same page about that. Give us the director's cut. Kristen Stewart with that haircut. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Kristen Stewart in glasses. Okay. <laughs> Love every moment of this. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there, I'm glad there, there are fundamental, fundamental points where we are coming together. Um, this movie, I think it's important to note that it was made a couple years ago. I think it was completed in, in 2017. It was the era when Kristen Stewart was showing up on red carpets and had her bleach blonde, like high and tight haircut. Uh, which gave way to the wonderful step and repeat moment. Uh, if, if um, for those of y'all out there who've watched the GIF many times of Kristen on the red carpet trying to do her sub, you know, her classic fidget with her hair move, where she reaches up to adjust her hair and she has none, so she has nothing to divert attention while she's being photographed, and then realizes what she's done and tries to shake it off and like starts laughing at herself. It's a, it's a great it's a moment charming, in Kristen Stewart yeah. history. <laughs> a great moment in a publicly uncomfortable Kristen Stewart history. <laughs> and as our as our Kristen Stewart historian, yeah, I would I am definitely the resident yeah. Kristen Stewart scholar here. For sure. No, I <laughs> yeah. I don't think either of us, neither Jason nor I would <laughs> yeah. would quarrel with you on this. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I get to I think I get to claim that title comfortably. Um and in this movie, it's it's deep sea catastrophe. It is there is a, a team aboard a giant deep sea drill. Like it's seven miles underneath the surface. Uh, that is that is how deep the seafloor is in this area. And we have drilled too deep, and we have freed something in a probably geothermally heated pocket of the earth. And now it has gotten out, and it is wrecking the sea drill. And therefore, it is imperiling the lives of everybody in it. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, that that's the movie. It yeah. is the process of those that handful of people that we are are with as as the survivors trying to get to multiple outposts around the drilling premises to hopefully find some sort of paths to freedom to the surface, either yep. to call for rescue or to find escape pods. And that that is the movie. That's the entirety. Yeah, they like. <clears throat> The in the first five so pure in the first five minutes, like you, the only scene where Kristen Stewart is not running for her life, yeah, is when she's brushing her teeth in the first thirty seconds of the movie, and then from that moment on, she is basically just undergoing a series of um, increasingly difficult tasks. The slowest toothbrushing, contemplative, any but like I, I, I get that she's like lost in thought in that kind of opening scene and then the disaster picks up about a minute and a half in. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's immediate and yeah. we get as me and Jason went and yeah. saw this together. So we feeling get the very great, left out on this, by the way, we, we get hey, the great, we, we for, for, for a brief moment tried to arrange something where we could all <laughs> yeah. see, the th- see it well, together. I'm sorry that I just don't have the kind of schedule where I can <laughs> drop everything how dare you not drop everything and see For underwater with I your mean, two best friends? Really, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Um, we get an, a great uh, opening credits prologue to this movie, as yes. Jason had noted, that felt straight out Ugh. of the two thousands, where you get the the wonderful quaint preamble with a bunch of news clippings and highlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like, like slight ooh. exposition to like yeah. lead you into the story. Exactly. It's like it's like it would be like the opening. It would be like an opening animated mm-hmm. monologue for. Or, a montage from something now, but it's the montage of news. Never yeah. since the Spider-Man and X-Men movies of yore have I have I been so happy to see an opening credit. It was scene it was very charming. Credits, yeah, no, yeah. it was great. It was very it was a very informative and oh. helpful. I like that they they spelled out very clearly because they didn't waste any time with <laughs> mm-hmm. exposition in the movie itself. No. They're like, nope, we're not going to do that. We're yeah. just going to cut all of that. The opening credits. Anybody who shows up late is just going to have to figure it out as they go along. <laughs> much like much like the Eminem rap at the end of Venom, this opening credits <laughs> yeah. scene kind of signaled what era of movie you were in for. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It is. An, it, it feels like a movie of an earlier era. Yeah. Yeah. And the, after that very quick um, newsreel intro, basically, mm-hmm. we see Kristen very uh, with much consternation brushing her teeth uh, in uh, uh, sports bra. A, a company-issued sports bra. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She's definitely, it's definitely company Which is like, property, all of it. But yeah, because the other, because Screechy Biologist also <laughs> was wearing same company-issued sports bra. And referring to Jessica Henwick's character <laughs> in she, Research that, assistant Jessica Henwick. I think calling her a character is being generous. I, well, in disaster movie trope construction, I felt like that was pretty appropriate. Did anyone else notice the conspicuously, or I mean, I'm sure you noticed because they call attention to it, the necklace that's like conspicuously for the whole movie yes. covered by the sports bra that they never fucking actually show. You never I, see it. Yeah. You I'm never, you, like she, she holds it once. Yeah, yeah. She regards it at the beginning and you were like, I bet that's going to be yeah. something. Like yeah. you even like jokingly called it out and it does see her through the entire movie, but mm-hmm. we, I don't think ever physically no. actually see it. There's a no. moment toward the third act where she actually looks at it and like holds it, but yeah. there's like an insert shot missing or something where it's like, show us what the fuck it is. I assume it's a picture of her. Right. I, I figured it was like her engagement ring on the chain. Mm. It's something. It is. That's, that's, that's why she kept like reaching for it and touching it yeah. and like going for it. But also, it never shows us anything, yeah. which I would personally say <laughs> is maybe implicit of the failure of this movie. <laughs> I, I think. I think we touched on two uh, two concrete points of uh, reality indexing here in in this conversation, where the the de- point of departure for you in this movie with the aesthetic <laughs> in the bathroom oh, where yeah. Kristen is the brushing bathroom. her teeth. So the this bathroom is where, was this where this really movie lost, lost me. Um, 
initially because I am I was so on board. I was I was like, let's I'm going to go see this. I want to go see this movie in theaters. I am excited to go watch Kristen Stewart fight undersea monsters. Like bring this all to me. (laughs) Mariana Trench, which by the way, I say Mariana's in the opening of this video of this. You do. And I really hate that. You also say Ansel Elsgort. How do we? Elgort. Really? Yeah. He doesn't have an extra S? Nope. Ansel Elgort. <laughs> a grimacing, it's like a Mandela effect. A grimacing head shake. Mm. That I don't I I I don't care. Right. No, I'm not saying you should care. I but know, just, but if like we're, if also we're on really, that topic. I had no idea. Of of extra S's. Yeah. Now that no we're on the topic. So in the intro, yeah. the intro that we recorded yeah. that, that, that I gave you guys the opportunity to rewrite. <laughs> yeah. And that you salvaged. You didn't I know. Flag that oh, now it's gonna piss me off. <laughs> I know. Well, it didn't occur to me until I was listening to the last to the the episode, the shark attack episode today, and I was listening to it. And I was well, like, each no, each time you say, I think once you've said Mariana, but you typically say Mariana's trench, I, and I obviously it's something that comes up on this yeah. particular. Pod. I say I, I've always said Mariana's trench. I just always thought it was, and I also kind of because I like when I read, I definitely skim a little too much yeah. and then throw letters in where they shouldn't be. Apparently, <laughs> so um, it's so it's the Mariana trench, not yeah. Mariana's trench. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! It's there's no possessive <laughs> and there's Whoa. no plural. It's just the Mariana trench, which just Wild. feels so wrong. It does. Um, scientists, way to blow this I wish one. I, I wish I could fix that, but due to uh, a hard drive failure and a lost <laughs> SD card, I no longer have the stems yeah. for that recording. No, this That's is just okay. what we live with now. Um, but yeah, no, the to the to the point about but the bathroom. Yeah, like so, the bathroom. So you, we. This is how we're introduced to her, and it. The bathroom has that sort of dingy, grungy, like very clearly a. It feels very much lived in. Yeah, which is good. This facility it, has been underground, and people do. I think it seems like maybe. Many months long or multi year yeah. rotation. You would have to going down. You would have to do yeah. very long rotations yeah. down there, um, and I definitely like it's supposed to have that sort of the the vibe from like Alien, where it feels a little like run down. Yeah. It's supposed to feel a little bit used, mm-hmm. um, but and the whole movie definitely is is borrowing very heavily from the Alien aesthetic. I mean, literally everything is borrowing. From it's the alien either aesthetic. it's everything is being borrowed except for the monsters, which are borrowed from Cloverfield. <laughs> Uh, I would say untrue. I would say the big monster is very much borrowed from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, the David it Jones is. Locker. It's absolutely he's Davy, Davy Jones. He's, Davy he's Jones. giant Davy Jones. Mm-hmm. I agree on that point. Yeah. Also, the yes. silhouette. You, you, it you, was. It looked so much like Davy Jones. Yeah. I was like, it's not even Cthulhu. That's just Davy. Yeah, Jones. it's Davy Jones. Hundred like, percent. Not again. I think he had a six pack. I was very confused. <laughs> um, but so anyway, Kristen Stewart walks by this like hand dryer, mm-hmm. and it is a hand dryer from a mall bathroom from 1987. And I gotta say, friends, I did not even notice this. Hand I dryer. saw that, and I just it was like in the, behind her. It was behind her in the shot where she realizes like something is going wrong, right, and then right. everything blows out. Mm-hmm. And this very dramatic moment is happening, and all I can think is if I got down there, and that's the first thing I saw was that hand dryer i would just be like get me back up to the surface there is not a chance in hell that mm. i'm gonna stay and it all a on your rinky this- dink ikea box operation I this will, is bullshit i will say that it is the only thing that i know i don't feel like the rest of the movie reflects that i don't kind know of decor apparently every single time that there's anything in this movie that can go wrong. All the shit breaks. Well, so. yeah, no. I, I just mean from the sense of like, I didn't notice many things like color-coded pink. No, But no, that no. honestly does feel like a stupid corporate thing 
that pencil pushers would do to be like, well, in the women's bathroom, Jordan, we'll I have think a you're mistaking that the problem I'm having here is that the hand dryer is pink. Although I've never in my life seen a pink hand dryer except for in this movie. I can't that was speak not to my, my issue. recorded memory of colors of hand dryers. My issue here was that they had a hit the big round button and then a nozzle shoots hot air out at your hand instead of it being like a super fancy state-of-the-art Dyson. Like if we're going to put humans in suits that can walk across the bottom of the ocean floor, right? give me some tech that and tells yet, me that. No, see here, I have a fundamental disagreement with this because based on how the movie ends, which guess what guys it's a disaster yeah we get a we get a we get newsreel epilogue much mm-hmm. like we got newsreel prologue mm-hmm. where we basically see that the corporate entity in charge of this drill covers up the entire that they are crime. a bit negligent yeah and that they recommission the drill as soon as possible to open back up for production mm-hmm. I think this is definitely a company that would have cut corners on things that were not the the deep sea walking suits and the essential drilling technology to be like, I don't know, it's a fucking fan. I think you would absolutely have people not giving a shit about the human element inside of the the giant drill living facility. Uh, I, I'm not saying that it's the more likely scenario, but I can absolutely think of the living quarters being an afterthought and they're being like in the mess hall people gather around they're like yeah did you see the fucking hand dryers in there it's like did the jv team do that yeah man they don't give a goddamn if it doesn't have anything to do with the actual drill itself like i can totally see the corporate infrastructure hey buddy we're just a bunch of fucking lemmings in this game exactly they don't care about our fucking hands exactly exactly. all i'm saying is if i'm kristen stewart Mm -hmm. and i get down there and i go to wash my hands the first day Mm -hmm. i void my fucking contract and i swim (laughs) back to the surface I swim. Because Maybe. there is no world in which I am working for a company that thinks that is an acceptable tech for a hand dryer Look. seven miles below the earth sur- the ocean surface. Maybe Kristen Stewart and her her gaggle here are like the, you know, tenth people that have been down here and all nine of the previous teams have gone up after seeing the hand dryers, but yeah. Kristen Stewart's really needing this job. Maybe, really, okay. maybe that's like I mean, how long have people been down there? Those hand dryers get shitty at a certain point. Maybe that's just the <laughs> bullshit replacement one they sent out in a supply crate. They were like, can you put the new hand dryer in there? Mm. Either way, They're I like, think the, the, me- shit the message is, is clear that this company does suck and that yes, she, yeah. she should have left the job right if, away. Yeah, if, if, but, if the underlying point here is that yeah. corporate irresponsibility agreed. Yeah. I will, go, I will agree with that. I, I'm just saying that I saw that and I was like nope that is a weird <laughs> choice that's where Amanda taps out I just I genuinely like at that moment I was like you guys have to win me back now because what the fuck is that was basically where I where I from that moment on I was trying so hard <laughs> So, so hard to be in on it. Such a fragile suspension of disbelief in a movie that we know is going to culminate with a giant fucking sea monster. Again, because there's like... Honestly. That's why we have the reality (laughs) index, though. Because we come in and you come in, you're like, I'm going to strap in. This is going (laughs) to... Sure. Yeah, I'm going to meet you at your level, but... Fire can chase people. I fully believe that (laughs) fire can chase people. Fire fire But I am going to have questions Mm -hmm. about the logistics of like... The whether or not a barn's going to catch on fire. Sure, yeah. Like, or, you know, there's like, there's the, the, the nitty gritty <laughs> is why we have the reality index. Sure. The, I fully believe, I was like, yeah, you know what? Fine. Kristen Stewart is going to go to the bottom of the ocean, walk across the ocean floor, and then fight in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> yes. Namor, it king happens. of the sea. It happens, ladies Whatever. and gentlemen. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> Give it to me. 
this is actually a Charlie's Angels prequel. Like, fine. <laughs> this but, is how she got conscripted. But where it gets me is the stuff like <laughs> the hand dryer. All right, like, I will, I will, I will bring us away from the hand sorry, dryer. We've been yeah. on the hand dryer for a lot of. No, it's equally my. I'm just. I'm forcing myself off this because I will get pedantic too. I know. No, it's you got to be in a movie like this. I think you have to be a little pedantic. And and so the the hand dryer, which Amanda's tapped out of the movie at this point. We are Within two we minutes. are two minutes in, and to the movie's credit. This place goes to shit in about two minutes. Yeah. Like she notices water dripping on her hand. Never and then a good the hallway sign. fucking explodes. Yeah. I mean, and I I find under like it is I feel like the poles of sort of extreme environments are deep sea and space. Those are the the poles yeah. of like humans do not belong here places. I will fully admit I am an I am an easy mark for these kinds of movies because deep sea movies scare the shit out of me. I'm more scared of the deep sea than I am of space. Yeah, in space there's like the there's the illusion at least of sort of freedom to roam, even though you can't go outside the actual spaceship because you'll die in space. You can't be exposed to space. But like there's something about the claustrophobic crushing pressure and like inability to see at the bottom of the ocean that scares me so much more. Okay, so when the ship starts giving way. And the, it does, I think it does a great job in this movie with when it has like a long hallway that it's looking down, the explosion will happen successively down the hallway. Mm-hmm. So it's drawing closer to you. And it happens, these explosions happen so fast in this movie, it feels traumatizing. So when it starts, the place starts exploding, I immediately, to me, felt the sense of claustrophobia that I was supposed to feel within like a, okay, you're in a tin can and you're also in a pressure chamber. Yeah. Like that, that came through to me immediately. And then it, it blows... Kristen Stewart and Rodrigo, the other worker guy who yeah. we meet at the beginning to shit. And this is where we learn too that Kristen uh, is a mechanical engineer because she has to manually close a pressure chamber door, killing a few people in the process who can't get to the door in time because if they don't, they're going to lose the whole like cavern of the ship that they're in and the whole bulkhead of the ship. And so she, you know, they, they, this, ring of the ship blows out and so then it's like all right we got to find survivors and we got to get to the escape pod and so then we start on our journey yeah we start on our journey and we find a tj miller in the rubble he's in the rub not in the rubble of his career because this is before right uh this was still when he was a very in-demand bit player yeah people were like get get me the guy who's from the yogi bear movies (laughs) get me the deadpool bartender (laughs) did his career end kind of like in sync with his character in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Maybe this maybe what this movie is really about is TJ Miller's, Miller's career. career. <laughs> that could be. Could we'll find out later. Yeah. yeah. Um and you you were a funny thing about the TJ Miller character. I I enjoyed him more than I typically enjoy a TJ Miller character, which when I say that you should know exactly what I'm saying. Mm. Oh yeah. I um, mean that was I think the shocking the most shocking reveal of this movie was that TJ they find TJ Miller's body in the rubble. Yeah. And your first thought is, oh, no, T.J. Miller survived. <laughs> yes. Because, you agreed. know, the minute you see T.J. Miller, you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, you exactly. know, you immediately know what kind of character, what character you're Regardless getting. of how you feel about that. Yeah, it's, you know that character. Rebel like, Wilson shows up on screen. You yeah. know what's it's happening. Like having, T.J. Miller, it's like you know what's Jason happening. Jason Man- Manzanukis. 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 I added an N. Sometimes I just read extra vowels <laughs> and syllables. Jason Manzanukis. When Jason Manzanukis shows up, you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference, of course, being that I, he then is constrained, generally speaking, by the Parks and Rec crew. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 
that moment of dread is maybe stronger than any moment I felt with any of the villains <laughs> or any of the monsters in this movie. And I, I truly did not expect to enjoy, enjoy T.J. Miller. And yet, it, that is what's shocking. And it, it, I think one of the things that makes him enjoyable in this movie is that the movie never meets him at his level. Mm-hmm. He's always, like, the comic relief is effective, but it is it always feels out of place because it's never like there's this moment where he breaks the fourth wall with a joke and the music pauses and everybody looks at him and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Yeah. His one-liners just get like thrown into the tension and the chaos. Yeah. And there's never really like an acknowledgement that like, hey, and we're going to have this guy that's kind of the meta presence on the ship, even though he is. So it's like he's in a different movie the whole time. The entire time. And yet and, it fits. And with the character who is this like weird, he is an oddball character who yes. like, has a quote from has said, we're all mad down here written on his his air pack <laughs> yeah. and he has like a pet stuffed animal that he cares very strongly about yeah a pet it's a, it's a bunny it's or is a it bunny. a squirrel no it's a pet bunny pet bunny yeah probably the white rabbit <laughs> um, and he has this pet white rabbit stuffed animal that he carries with him and like tucks into his, into his little aquanaut suit yeah it's like deeply committed to like he he's not getting out without this stuffed animal like that's clear and he definitely like he is so clearly that character in this movie that it almost works because of the fact that he's in a different movie, but yeah. you also believe that that character is always like this. Yeah. He, and he, it feels real in mm-hmm. that like, yeah, I can, I can see the rest of your life behind you, yeah. this character, because you are always like this. Again, don't know how HR let him down there <laughs> yeah. because that's definitely going to result in a homicide. Yeah. There's not there. If there, you'd have to think that there was, there must be some sort of like psych, profile testing you'd have to go through to get down on that in those conditions where it's so disorienting and so unnatural I can't believe he would have passed those I'm not even psyched just like the basic fact of can you cohabitate with other humans yeah now that I'm thinking about it is the secret backstory the TJ Miller character that he stowed away Ooh, that he's just like some utility guy from topside who like either killed somebody and took their badge or snuck onto the ship and just started being so genuinely strange. Everyone's like, well, it must be a weird guy. We are seven miles below the surface of the ocean. You know so what? Sure. I think he, I maybe would realistically consider him a stowaway to the I, bottom of the sea. I would headcanon that as well. Yes. Yes. Because that makes more sense than a company being like, yeah, you know what? We're going to put you in our healthcare plan. <laughs> yeah. That tracks way more than anybody hiring we're gonna put you somewhere where if things break it could be deeply consequential yeah bad or that everybody has to see you constantly and there's no escaping you and there's no (laughs) days off like tj miller being that guy in your office is one thing tj miller being that guy in your dorm but your dorm is at the bottom of the ocean (laughs) it's a very different experience it's very true and after we recover tj miller and i like they like kristen stewart is the like the resident I fit through small spaces character in this movie multiple times. She's like, well, I'm small, so I'll go Mm -hmm. at once they get through enough small spaces. They make their way to the captain, captain Vincent Cassell. And he has stayed behind because like he says, that's what a captain does. And then once we join with the captain, we learn that he has sent a bunch of people up in escape pods already. And he's trying to find survivors to get other people out in escape pods. And then once they're together, that brings us to, I guess, what would you call him, a pilot? I think he's like the, the pilot, John I, Gallagher Jr.? I didn't know what anyone's roles in this movie were except for the captain, Kristen Stewart, yeah. and then shrieky biologist. Jessica Henwick is is a research assistant, which maybe that makes John Gallagher a researcher because he seems to work closely yeah. with Jessica Henwick. And here's where we enter my biggest point of unbelievability with the movie. When we meet 
we get into the room where a uh, research assistant and I guess researcher John Gallagher Jr. are. There is a station where Kristen sits. Mm-hmm. It's her little desk space, really. And there is a photo taped on it of her with a man. Yeah. And then Boy. we are also we are also told we we learn eventually that the Jessica Henwick character and John Gallagher character are in love with each other. Neither these relationships are they are exist in name only. Yeah. Kristen Stewart's off-screen man who we learn later died in a tragic diving accident, lost at sea. And then this relationship between the researchers are are told to us, but in never in any way do they feel real or viable. I don't remember when they're not carrying each other to safety when the researchers even touch each other with affection, let alone like share a knowing glance or use a term of endearment. But we are meant to believe that they are like sacrifice your life in love with one another. And this is also for Kristen Stewart's off-screen male fiance. Like, I'm sorry, you've made her a mechanical engineer. You've given her gay hair. Yeah. That 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 does not mean anybody with that hair is a lesbian, but it does when you put it on Kristen Stewart. That that's that's gay hair. Yeah. And you've put her in like camo colored sports bras and you've put her underwater seven miles with Jessica Henwick. And you're telling me, you're telling me that her love interest that stirs her soul in this movie is some man in a photo. This is the second time I can recall that Kristen Stewart has had an off-screen male love interest. That's like, what the fuck are you even doing? Why? Why did you have to do it at all? In Personal Shopper. Yeah. One of the most gay-ass movies. Shopper? She, yes. She has a boyfriend in Personal Shopper that she's like, talks to on the phone a couple of times and ends up like on a trip with him. She has an off-screen male love interest where you're like, really, this was the safest scenario in which you could have just made her gay. Yeah. It was totally asexual and safe. They didn't have to be touching each other. Like, if you were worried about the optics of that or that, yeah. not selling in China, all it was was a photo in, in underwater. It's a photo of her and a person. Have it be a photo of her and a woman. Really? A boyfriend? Kristen Stewart is a great actress. I'm a, I'm a big believer. I'm not saying she can't play characters that are heterosexual, but at this point, it's fucking satire. I mean, it's <laughs> like, just- Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Our our love interest in this movie is our our like core love that we're seeing through to the end is John Gallagher Jr. and Jessica Henwick who never once hug. Yeah. yeah. And when we could have had, we could have had Kristen and Jessica sacrificing themselves for one another. Like <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. It's right there. That is un- unbelievable to me. I did don't you disagree. Find, did you, what was, you disagree? You no, find, I said I don't disagree. Oh, at all. I was going to say, no. did you, now I was going to say, do you find anything believable at any of the alleged love interests God, in this I movie? I didn't believe anything about any of them as humans, period. <laughs> like, every time that we were given information about these people, I was just like, no, that's not. No, no, no. Like, she never had a boyfriend. He didn't, like, <laughs> he had a diving accident or did she and her girlfriend kill him is for what insurance I'm money is what I'm saying but like no she never loved another person <laughs> she's not fully formed enough to love another person what they love each other they've never even exchanged dialogue in this movie <laughs> Vincent Cassell had a daughter no he didn't he can't reproduce like I'm sorry You're, no, none of that this you, you, is, I, I can't think of a time when John Gallagher and Jessica Henwick even directly addressed each other no besides like people talking to each other in the group about survival like about like, crisis they didn't have a conversation there was no moment where he looked at her and was like 
calm down. We're going to get through this. We're going to get to the surface. I'm going to take you to that great Italian restaurant right. we went yeah, to. Like, remember the plans that we made for later? There's, like, let's think about those plans we made. There was no world for these, which is why, like, I said this too before, like, when we first sat down. I, if The whole movie felt to me like a bunch of cut scenes in a video game I was playing. Uh-huh. And which I, which was is not compelling to me, mostly because of the fact that it's just like, it felt like I was watching these parts being moved to get me to the next scene where I would get to play like an escape an escape game. Which to me is exactly what these movies are. Right. But I, you also want to put like a bare minimum into the characters to the point where we can care and talk about them. And so it's like, at least give me like, <clears throat> give me, throw me the bone of giving something so that, yeah, just so that Jessica Henwick and John Gallagher Jr. have like a life. I never felt <laughs> like, I felt like these people were created the minute the movie, the <laughs> screen turned on. And I genuinely, I was like, they might get to the surface, but they won't exist once they get to the surface. I, I did not feel that way the about, film is not on them. I did not feel that way about Kirsten Stewart and Vincent Cassell. I, I felt, I felt them feel real. Okay. Um, and I I'm, thought that it was going to turn out that he was, she was his daughter. I, I initially was hoping for. I felt that one of the strengths of this movie actually, like the romantic relationships were hilarious and unnecessary and that they were jokes. Mm -hmm. But the, I loved so much the actual like coworker relationships in this movie because a funny thing about underwater is that nobody's an asshole. Yeah. Everybody is trying to like sacrifice themselves for somebody else Mm -hmm. the entire movie. Everyone is so selfless Everyone is supportive. No one's like being that asshole who's shoving somebody out of the way to get to an escape pod. Nobody's like having such a panic attack that it like stalls them in action to where like the weak link becomes like puts them in true peril. Yeah, it really doesn't make you hate anyone in this movie. No, no. Except the corporation. Well, I didn't like Jessica Henwick's character because she just kept screaming and I was like, eventually you have to calm down. I would like for for the folks at home to go see this and report back to me on how much you think Jessica Henwick is screaming because I I didn't pick up as much screaming from Jessica Henwick as Amanda did. There were quite a few moments where she would just burst into screaming again and I was like... She's definitely the most upset one. Yeah, and I, but the thing she's is, she's very despondent for a lot of the movies. Yeah, like, I picked so up more despondence than anything. No, she than was shrieking. There was a lot of of just like panic, and which I get. Like panic is is reasonable as a human. I understand that. Like, yeah, that would be a time to panic. But also, like, you gotta pull it together. You're in each other's calm. See, I see Amanda saying this, but also Jessica Henwick's character spends a significant portion of off screen time since we are spending this time with Kristen and Vincent, yeah. where she has just been carrying the limp body of John Gallagher Jr. across the sea floor. Would have loved to, to have save those moments to, to be save honest. him. Yeah. So like, she is functional. She is Eventually, doing activities. That's very far. Into the movie though hold on I want to just this is one of the tweets I saw that I couldn't share with you guys before but I really enjoyed it underwater was like a very long highly dramatized game of musical chairs but each round the players fight to be the one to nobly go without a chair it, it that is so true I mean it starts with the we have Rodrigo is the character that Kristen Stewart yeah. uh, immediately brings into the narrative and they're they're very sweet with each other and they, they make the decision once they're all together our only course of survival is to get to this sort of outpost um, in the drill sort of premises of the sea floor to hope that we can either communicate, send a hail or find escape pods. It's like one mile away. Or yeah. Something. And like, um, and there are markers guiding their way, but it's the bottom of the fucking sea floor. And they don't yet know when they decide this for sure that there are sea creatures out there trolling the landscape to yeah. kill everything. Although by the way, when John Gallagher goes, you guys need to hear this. If I'm ever in that situation, 
and someone says that to me, my first response would be like, no, no, I don't. I don't need to hear this. <laughs> it There's is a, no world. He it says, is a guys, total event horizon yeah. moment, like turn on the PA, you everybody need, hears the screaming in hell moment. Yeah, it's like there's this, they, you guys need to hear this. And there's this otherworldly screeching, you know, like horrible sound yeah. that's very clearly like a sea monster of some sort. And everyone's <laughs> like, what is that? And no one's happy about hearing it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to go out onto the seafloor knowing right. what's out there in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, don't tell me. It can be anything. I don't <laughs> care. Like, we know something horrible has happened. This rig, one of the rigs has been like flipped up. It's, you know, impossible right. to, to move it like that. I, I mean, I know something, I know I'm going to get eaten. And so make me figure out what it is. Their choices are their choices in this moment. Once they're all together are the, the drill which is this long column Mm -hmm. or the, the sort of the facility that leads down to the, the base at the bottom it's collapsing from the top. So it's just falling down more like gradually until it's going to crush everything on the bottom beneath it. So they need to get out of there to get to this other station and that means they need to put on basically the equivalent of a spacesuit, the deep sea suit, and they need to walk the seafloor. And this is where we get our first great moment of selflessness when Rodrigo, they're like, because like, the room's been tossed to shit with all the equipment in it. And Rodrigo, they're like inspecting like equipment to see what has been salvaged so people can wear the suits out on the seafloor. And he picks up two helmets and he sees one that's damaged and he gives the good one to Kristen Stewart. He's like, here, here's one for you. So then when they get in the chamber where they're being submerged into the water, they're going to go into a pressure chamber to put them out on the seafloor he knows his helmet's broken but he's probably just hoping it doesn't split open well we get our first momentous death of the movie why they had to kill the black man the one black man oh my god yeah not only kill him but kill him first it's like that's not good diversity casting, it was such an immediate horror oh, yeah. movie trope like immediately right away you're like what and he's they're in the water together they're about ready to open the chamber they're gonna go out on the sea floor mm-hmm. and his helmet has a crack in it so it starts the spider cracking oh more and more Gruesome and everybody's and, 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 and Kristen's like it's closed don't open it don't open it but it's like they got it they gotta go mm-hmm. well the door opens and he implodes and this is where we were talking about it a bit beforehand it seems to have gone unresolved between us I don't know if this is what happens when a body implodes under the pressure of seven miles of ocean but he explodes like a fucking hand grenade Mm -hmm. yeah no he blows and there's like you watch his head explode inside his helmet Mm. and then you see the rest of his body just burst and it blows them out of the like the airlock basically because the explosion is explosive force is so great yeah i think that i think we've gone uh inconclusive for whether or not when you implode at the bottom of the ocean your body emits such force that it's like somebody shot off a grenade well for starters it implodes so it wouldn't emit force it would just well, Suck I mean, in. like when a star implodes, like supernovas have force coming off of them, right? It goes right? in, but then out. It goes in, the, yeah, it yeah. goes in, it contracts and expands. But so what is you're that talking what about is basically. Body? No, because what's happening is that the pressure is basically all of the water is trying to take up the space his body is existing right. within. So that shouldn't happen. The thing that I can only think is that, like, because there's a failure in the suit, something in the suit then is explodes. Is it the air canister? That's like is something it the like, oxy- I, like the oxygen scrubber thing. I'm wondering if it's like mm. the some sort of the hardware within his suit well, is what explodes. The pressure balance right because because it would be it's like the crack so the pressure would be forced in but then maybe yeah maybe no i think it's just i think it's honestly in this case like one it's fucking cool and then two maybe there is i think think it's maybe like the the oxygen the tech exploded outward because i showed you the images of um there are a bunch of deep sea biologists and stuff who a few years ago uh diva Ammon, she's on twitter and she's a great follow she runs a bunch of like deep sea operations for sciencing and um 
she they were posting pictures on Twitter of um, what happens to styrofoam cups at depth. <laughs> and they basically shrink down to the size of your thumbnail. They look like Whoa. shrinky dinks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, hold on. I, I've got a photo. I had pulled up a photo before. I'll, I, I will show we'll you, Jason. retweet this on the account. Yeah. If I remember to, then I definitely will. Okay, so the body, um, so we would definitely, we would definitely implode. We've, yeah. We've seen that. We know that. And and yeah, I think we can chalk it up to the suit for like the hugely explosive force yeah. that comes off of people. So that's our, that's our first self-sacrifice yeah. but then along the way we have like at one point they're uh they're in a, a vessel that's taking them down to the right before this happens they're in a vessel that's taking them down to the seafloor mm-hmm. and how they discover conclusively that there are sea monsters out there is they're they're going down and they see a escape pod i think I think it is. And Captain Vincent Cassell is just like so set on recovering survivors that he stops their descent in this pod. Is like, we got to go check it out. Yeah. So like very pretty much willingly John Gallagher Jr. And TJ Miller, like, well, got to put the suits on and they go out and throw themselves into the murky deep looking for survivors. Yeah. And that is when we see a body that was ejected from the pod has a small version of the sea monster, the little version Uh, it is taking up residence inside of a body and is like consuming it. Yeah. And so that's how we learn there there are creatures. Well, then once they see that, they hightail it back to the the little cabin thing and start descending to the surface once more. Um, but yeah, that that with with the dead thing inside because they they yes. kill it and they take it with them with and a then, nail gun, I believe. Yeah, so they do manage to successfully kill this little like baby xenomorph creature. Yeah, and and Jessica it's Henwick's super like, xenomorph. Jessica Henwick's like playing with it. Yeah. Um. And then screams at it. Yeah. Once it screams at her. Well, in fairness, like, again, and that is a moment, like, in fairness, I would also scream at, <laughs> I would also scream at the thing. I would, I would be like, nope, you are not taking, I don't care. That's definitely a new species. I don't care what it is. There is a mother to that. You are not taking that back onto my boat. <laughs> there is that great moment where John Gallagher Jr. Yeah. goes, or TJ Miller goes, this might be the wrong time to ask, but is that a baby? Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. And um, so then... Once they're down on the floor, well, then they have to start walking mm-hmm. to their goddamn destination. Yeah. And they are unsurprisingly sort of set upon by the little monsters. Like, yeah, by are, these like human shrieky. They look like Bat Boy from. Um, yeah. They looked a lot like Bat Boy from the National Enquirer's Bat Boy series. I like and I liked the look of them. I thought they looked like cool underwater things. I liked the look of the monsters. Amanda doesn't. I loved them. I, I thought mean, they were great. They were fine. They did. I. They looked like they kind of looked like if Bat Boy were a sea monkey. <laughs> you know, like the sea, sea monkey. monkey drawings. Yeah. With like they kind of had that sea monkey vibe to them. They were cool. Like they were definitely scary looking. I I do appreciate that. I they liked were that they were, they were very scary looking. Um, they were very like crittery and skitter <laughs> skittery. They skittered very well. So I'm in. I, I like. I was in on it. I just also. I, I'm not, I, I wanted something more, I wanted something less humanoid. Like that was, this was my bias. I found them completely not humanoid. Really? I felt they were very, Utterly they were so humanoid to me and it, which wasn't like. They didn't have like hands or feet or anything. They, I mean, they, just, they, like, they kind of did, did have legs have and hands. arms. Yeah. Remember she's walking and there's, she walks through like the t- whole field of them hanging upside oh, down. Oh right, yeah. And they're, and, and they're their like, hands they're, and she, they look, like yeah. the yeah. hand. And there gra- were, there were variations of this creature, yeah. but there were the one that shows up the most particularly in the third act is like, yeah, yeah it's very, I found them more xenomorphy, as you said, than humanoid. Mm. No, yeah. Like the, the heads being very, uh, xenomorphic esque. Mm. Mm. Okay. 
Um, but I think the I think the being in the spacesuits t- takes us to what I consider a critical point of this reality index, which is the durability, the selective durability of the suits yeah. throughout mm-hmm. the movie once they are exposed to the elements, because they are practically goddamn indestructible when they are getting sometimes thrown about the bottom of the sea yeah. or into walls in the, the ships and caverns. Mm-hmm. And I believe that they made this stuff out of the toughest material they could possibly find because these are really severe conditions. Mm-hmm. But man, how were any of those helmets cracked or damaged in that storage area before they left if mm-hmm. they could take a beating like that? Yeah. Getting yeah, like, like, what happened to the last person to use this fucking helmet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, are you that? And, and yet there is a point where they're in a big skirmish out in the in the in the deep with the ali- with the the monsters and Kristen is getting fucked just tossed around oh yeah gets fully gets swallowed yeah. by mm-hmm. which in in an awesome moment yes. gets fully swallowed by one of the creatures and has a flare gun yeah. that she shoots oh. from inside its body and explodes its Beautiful insides moment. an incredible moment scene, yeah. and when she's getting her ass drugged back inside by Jessica Henwick to safety she can't breathe because her suit's been damaged. And despite everything that has just happened with the punishment that suit has taken, instead of snapping off her helmet, Jessica Henwick gets air to her by cracking the helmet, by hitting it a few times with her normal mortal human strength mm-hmm. with a fire extinguisher. I was like, okay, no, we Very can't selective. do yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. We can't do both. But yeah. in the course of this happening, we have multiple moments to the get to this point. We have multiple wonderful moments of self-sacrifice yet again, by the captain who like gives himself up to save Kristen Stewart after she goes after him trying to give herself up to save him. And then they also end up in this uh, pipeline at one point. They end up in a different sort of uh, outpost facility. And they're like, ooh, we can take this like subterranean pipeline that's allegedly going to be dry from one point to another and it'll be safer there. And we lose uh, we lose TJ Miller in the process mm-hmm. of that in another very cool death. Yeah. Where he Holy gets shit. sucked out of his suit. Oh God, that was brutal. You like looking. watch yeah. his face collapse yeah, like as kinda, his ugh. head gets pulled yeah. through the neck of his suit. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. The deaths in this goddamn movie yeah. they were giving me nightmares thrilling. for a long time. They yeah. were yeah. thrilling. And <laughs> I love that Jason and I are like, the, the deaths. And Jordan's <laughs> like, they they were exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> and you're TJ, like, I just, I'm imagining like you're a Catherine hepburn kind of like, oh, it's like they, were, they were amazing, I tell you. <laughs> Simply amazing. Yeah, it's like taking a good, a good brisk bath. <laughs> a good cold, good cold glass of water. <laughs> I do 100 squat thrusts a day. Um, what is it, Kristen Wiggs? I hate planes and I despise trains. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, the, the suits and the, and the self-sacrificing and like there's this scene. Okay, here's another point of inconsistency, mm-hmm. I, will, I will say, where like th- getting to the point of kind of editing and how this movie was put together with the necklace, like where, where the hell, there has to be some scene on the cutting room floor yeah. of where the necklace resolved itself. What I think, being someone who works in post-production. Yes. There are quite often many times where production forgets about insert shots. Okay. And someone's job in post-production is to be like, hey, we need an insert here. This was never shot. Can someone shoot this? Uh Uh-huh. My feeling is, because it's very easy to have happen, my Uh feeling is they planned an insert. It probably wasn't going to be Kristen Stewart's hands. It was just going to be someone's hands (laughs) that they cut to. And then they did that, and then they just forgot to put it on the schedule at some point. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then they end up with their final cut and go, ah, shit, we don't have those inserts. Okay, then Uh, maybe maybe this is what happened with the the next thing I'm going to bring up, because mm. we're in this pipeline, and um, it's been half submerged in water, 
And there are like people's belongings are floating around and Jessica Henwick starts having a crisis because mm-hmm. like here are just people's stuff all mm-hmm. around her. And there are moon pies floating in the water. And <laughs> she makes it a point of saying, I love moon pies. Yeah. And like the moon pies play a role. And like TJ Miller's character like grabs a moon pie for her to have. And I think he like gives it to John Gallagher to like, like here, give this to your girl, basically. Mm-hmm. Like there is a transfer of moon pies yeah. with the intent of him being given to Jessica Henwick. Then TJ Miller dies. I think the moon the moon pie has been passed off. Like the moon pies play a character. It's like a product pra- placement yeah. practically. Mm-hmm. And yet it's never she never, never gets to eat the moon pie. Yeah. Yeah. There has to have been a scene where Jessica Henwick's character yeah. was enjoying that goddamn moon pie. It must exist pie, in the yeah. script. And it's, and it's somewhere that got edited out. You don't set I'm up something like that You don't set up a moon pie. Chekhov's yeah. moon pie. I was, thank <laughs> you. I was waiting for the try. Yes, it was the Chekhov's and moon pie. And not follow through on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? It's too specific. Also, reality index. There is no way. So, so the moon pies that we see are in an environment that has been compromised, right? Yeah, like yeah. water has come in. Therefore, the pressure is obviously undersea pressure. Right, right, right. There's no fucking way that moon pie packet is as durable <laughs> to the undersea pressure as these fucking suits are. These suits You're, have to be the most durable thing on the planet. Like whatever the most yeah, durable right. material they have is possible. This is a thin layer of plastic <laughs> that can be ripped apart by a goddamn toddler and somehow it's surviving at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, and and if that like Ugh. if it were if the moon pie was destroyed, at least give us that. Give us the resolution to the moon pie. Yeah, yeah. you and really I, that was what's that's what stuck with you the I, moon pie. Well, I had a whole conversation about it with a friend who loves cats as much as I do. More loves cat. Angie Han loves cats more cats than the I movie. do. Cats the movie. Yeah. Mm, not the thing. Um, where I was very annoyed that my biggest problem with the movie Cats is that the character Victoria is never given a jellical name. Okay. They make mm. a whole thing about like, hey, what's your name? She says Victoria. They're like, that's not a name. And then they sing a song about jellical cats. And then they never. And then yeah. at the end, Judy Dench is like, you are a jellical cat. And yet they don't bestow her a jellical name. Maybe, yeah. so this maybe to me, her I, name become maybe Victoria becomes a jellical name. <laughs> I, I, there, I guess we've got Rumble Teaser yeah, and, and Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mungo Jerry and Victoria. Like that's as reasonable. Why not? And Where the I, fuck does Mungo Jerry come from? Might I as well was, just be the dude's name beforehand. I was texting with Angie about the Moon Pie omission today, and she was like, "This is far." This is far more upsetting than the lack of Victoria yeah. getting a, a, a jellical name. Totally. And but like these these are simple things that could have been done to to fill yeah. a hole. It's if a, it's, they cared about these people being characters, which they didn't. It's the same as if they hadn't have uh, sent T.J. Miller's stuffed animal to his family or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. That's the, that would be just as egregious. We're like, what? Well, then what the fuck was yeah, the point of that animal? Yeah, we see through the bunny. Yeah. We yeah. see through the bunny to the very end. But like the moon pie plays a role. I weirdly enough had no issue with that, mostly because there was no moment when she could have enjoyed a moon pie. I right before uh, was you know what she could know what could have like, fucking happened super easily. She's getting on because the you know cut to the very end. Kristen saves the lives of John yeah. and Jessica because they love each other so much they have to be together forever. There are only two working pods. She sends them up. Jessica Henwick could have easily given her a moon pie in that moment and been like, this is for you. And she mm-hmm. eats a moon pie as she is about ready to embrace yeah, oblivion. That would have also worked. While we, when mm-hmm. at the same time we see the necklace, she mm-hmm. looks at the necklace that we never see and enjoys the moon pie. Or, yeah, it could be that. It could also be, we we have a quick shot of, of the two of them at the surface having been saved. Right. Opens up the moon pie, cracks what it open, coda. splits it between the two. Exactly. Like, uh. basically a pour one out. For yeah. Kristen Stewart, but it's a oh, moon, pie. moon pie. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, I didn't like that. Yeah, uh, but 
I feel like those, the suits and the the romantic relationships are my biggest gripes because yeah. like there's there's a great like come on. This is a canonically lesbian character. There is yeah. a moment where when Kristen Stewart ends up in one of like she ends up in an, in a like an outpost base by herself where she finds an older tech suit to to go back out walking on the seafloor to get to her like sort of final destination. Uh-huh. And there's a whole scene where she's just like pulling out tools mm-hmm. and toolboxes and mm-hmm. using them. I was like It was her Iron Man origin. Again, oh, yeah. this hair, this sports bra, mm-hmm. yeah. a mechanical engineer lifting tools Where's the where's her where's her girlfriend? Can yeah. you imagine? This no, is she they, like she was missing the Subaru and the Lowe's and the Lowe's frequent buyer. I was an outrage. This yeah. erasure. Can you imagine if this whole movie had been just a lead up to like a weird, elaborate like superhero origin story? <laughs> Where like right after that moment, it just becomes an Avengers movie, and yeah, she's like she the has, next Iron Man. She has at this core. point, what if at this point, <laughs> Kristen Stewart now, much like how Davy Jones, like how at the end of Pirates, mm. uh, Orlando Bloom becomes Davy Jones. <laughs> What right, if in this situation right. Kristen Stewart is now the sea monster? <laughs> you know what? Best case scenario. That's the sequel. Truly. And the sequel is just like Kristen Stewart's torso flinging things around <laughs> on the seafloor. <laughs> Giant Kristen Jordan be signing up to go down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll join that. I'll join that, that uh, army. Yeah. I'll become one of those <laughs> things. Um, that. So, I mean, like my only other thing, which you disagree with that he would. Uh, Vincent. Captain right. Vincent Cassell. Yes. So we find out at one point, Kristen, someone's like, how old is your daughter? And he says, 14. And Kristen Stewart says, no, isn't she my age? Which like, what a weird thing for a dad to, like for you to correct on a dad. Like Very odd. Like that's not, oh, she's 14. I thought she'd be like 16 now. It's 14. I thought she was 30. I don't know. Yeah. I think that would, I, that no. seemed reason with the difference being like, uh, no, she'd be like 28. That's a big, that's a big enough difference to be like, oh, wait. No, really? That's why like, I was like, why would she think that she, like, why would he say 14 and why would she think he's 20? Because why would she know? My whole thing, I was like, well, none of this makes sense I, because I don't understand. Like, I thought if it, he has a secret dead daughter, why does she know he has a daughter? What, if he has a secret dead because daughter. Because when she met him, she knew about the teen daughter. Like, they've really known each other for a long time. Then she would know because it's been a very long time. It would be, that's why initially I thought that when she said that, I was like, oh, Kristen Stewart is the daughter. But that's why he that's why he stays in such long tours down at sea because he doesn't want to go back because his yeah. child's dead. And, right. But he has so, to keep up the lie because he's because, traumatized by grief. Yeah, and I guess to him, it's like, you know, she never was older than that. So in his Yeah, head, he never, always, like, she stopped but again Because he didn't move does, on. No, he did not. How does Kristen Stewart know that he has a daughter who, it like, did he say when her, the, well, they, oh, you have a daughter. What year was she born? What's her What's her Chinese astrological sign? Like, how well, does she no, know? But no, maybe he gave, he gave the same answer when they first met. That she's fourteen. Yeah. So, so he's no. So Kristen Stewart has known him for fifteen some odd years. You no, know, maybe. I th- look. And I, has never met they seem the daughter. Like they've had a lot of history, right? And has never met the daughter. Well, how much time do they spend underwater? You know, and they. And live she has other not places. been living underwater since she was fourteen. Lives, he clearly lives somewhere in why Europe. Is, why is? <laughs> yeah, he's a man, French man. Why does this grown man known this girl since he was she was fourteen? Never introduced old, her to his did daughter. Did say how old Kristen? I, I mean, is? I, she are is you older I than fourteen? Like, I feel like not every coworker I have is like leaping to introduce people to their children. Like, right, but I don't like with my coworkers. And also, that's I a don't very know particular the coworker situation. I feel like when you go topside, living at different points across the world, you're not like, but the barbecue. You're like, okay, I'll see you when we're down living underwater again for two I years. I just, there was no reason. Mm. It was clumsily done. That's fair. I just, there was no reason for it to have that line. 
I think I think, well, I think there's a, I think there's a very turn obvious around to then turn around and then she finds his suit after he's died. She goes to the old station that's yes. been decommissioned and she finds his old suit. And in the old suit is the save the date card for his daughter's funeral. It's true. And she's like, that is redundant. Oh, it is. Captain. It is a ham. It is a ham fisted reveal. I will yeah. grant that. But I'm saying I will. I, I feel like that's such a fucked up kind of grief. I don't really want to say that something would be too weird of a way to handle it because people do psychotic things out of grief. Mm. And also it's p- presented at first as a MacGuffin. Like the captain is maybe kind of losing it because they're in that little station. Yeah, that's true. It's that Jessica is- Henwick, and that would have been, she's panicking yeah. and she's talking too much. And she's like, Oh, who's your daughter? And she's like, Oh, well she's about 14. And she's like, Oh, that Kristen Stewart's like, nah, she'd be about my age. And then he kind of like shakes it off. And Jessica Henwick's like, yeah, it's pretty normal at this depth. Like yeah. you get kind of that's disoriented. True, yeah. And, and, you're and like, I oh, would have liability. And I so would have loved for them to have leaned into that but they didn't it can't be a MacGuffin if it's never touched upon again if but it, there's never it any can other be, it, 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 it exists until it is disproven it can be though but it, there's nothing else that happens with the captain where we're ever like if the captain's in charge though and he's the one making the decisions about where they're going to go to get their lives saved that means you could be questioning his judgment the entire time is this really the place that we should go to is he leading them on a death mission because he's disoriented and he doesn't know what's going on under here actually so until he's dead he's actually a possible liability because the thing could be destabilizing until we learn about the actual death of his daughter. I think I, th- I, I like the intent of that little exchange. Yes. I think the, the dialogue itself is a little clumsy, but I do like the intent of both this guy not moving on and also establishing some sense of like, maybe everything's not quite right. And I, yeah. And I would have loved, like, probably... I wanted it to be like that moment in, um, what's it called? Uh, 49 meters. 47 meters. meters down. Yeah, that one. Yeah. In in Manny Moore's Shark Attack movie, I want it to be like that moment where we find out really early on about um the about the psychosis. Okay. Where we like where it seeds it and then she like you said the the biologist is like this can happen disorientation all of that. Sure. Super into it. I just it was done in this way that I was like, well, it doesn't come back. And then we just randomly get this sa- this like card that has her death date and then Kristen Stewart reacts and that's the end of that. And we never touch back on. It's like, why did we didn't Again. need that except that they bought, were like, well, I guess we need to kind of have characters, but we don't need to have characters. Again, it just as did far not- as well, and as far as the as far as the like the, the little announcement or funeral again. Grief is a super fucked up thing. Sure. And I can totally imagine somebody keeping the funeral announcement for their like dead kid in but their did, pocket yeah. because it's their like very strange coping mechanism that like seems unhealthy. But I don't know that I will chalk up a lot to people handling handling catastrophic grief. So I will not say that the placement of the death card, even though it is a weird reveal, is out of character for somebody dealing with the death of a child. I will not give I will not give ground on that. Okay. All right, I just and again, this is why fundamentally you and I just disagree on this movie. Where I'm like, none of them are characters. None of them. None of this. Like, I felt it, it, is, I felt it is a very compelling series of of moving chess pieces on a board around a giant flailing torso. I felt good about the characters because I felt like I believed what they meant to each other. I didn't actually need more beyond that because like they keep trying to save each other's lives and like are selfless and generous with one another I was like oh this is a group of people that really cares about each other which tells me long-term working relationship which tells me like deep bonds have formed over in, a, in an extreme environment so I felt like they meant enough to one another for me to have a sense of all the character that I needed for them 
I didn't like out of a 90 then minute why movie. Wasn't she grieving for the coworkers that she, like she, they, she obviously feels guilty, but there's never a moment. Where she's like, I killed Jackson and I mean, she, no, I deeply disagree. <laughs> she's coping with that at like every turn of this movie. She's carrying like, she, she feels extra I terrible never, about the two guys dying in the beginning because she feels terrible about yeah. not having been with her fiance. And then she refuses to let go of the next person because she just had to kill two people at the start of the movie. It, right. The through line of the but entire never movie felt is that like she, she can't cope I never with the felt loss. like she, I never felt like she was mourning friends. I felt like she was mourning people that she had to cut off an air. Like, I felt like they were strangers that she was like, oh, oh God, well, these other guys. Well, the people that, like, well, the extraneous people, like, running down the hallway, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, like, rooted yeah. in the abstract guilt that she has about her ex-fiance. But I felt like she cared about the other people in their little troop. Right, but I'm, okay. Very much. Okay. Otherwise, just, they wouldn't be just racing to save one another's lives all the time. You, I mean, people, I want to believe in the essential goodness of people. Video game. Like that, they, you would if these char- aren't really characters. They just need to keep them all alive for the sake of having a movie. Which is exactly what a movie like Underwater is. But I don't think it should be. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're asking Underwater to be a movie that Underwater is not. I think I'm asking Underwater to do the bare minimum of what a movie is. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the bare asking, minimum is definitely what it did. It absolutely. I am asking it to do... Give me a character arc in that film. I mean, we we do. No, you we, don't. We, you, we have you, you we physically have, move them places, but there's no character arc. I mean, Kristen's the only character we're meant to to like really like. She's our lead. Yeah, and she processes her remaining grief that she's been coping with about her fiance by letting by saving the by risking herself for the other two at the very end. That's like her final process of acceptance in like okay I've done all I can do I've controlled all I can control and now in my in my final act of control I will relinquish myself my fight is done and so I send these two people to live and I'm going to die and at like the tension of the guilt that she has had over having to lose so many people that's like I feel like the whole final shot of the movie is her relinquishing that tension and being at peace I think you just did a lot of groundwork for a movie that didn't give you any of those parts. I think it gave me all of them. I don't think I would have. I'm not one to I'm not one to necessarily put more meaning in a movie unless I'm being asked to do what this movie really means. I like to take things as they're given to me generally, because if you didn't give me enough to feel it, then you didn't do enough of your job. And I thought all these things are very intuitive and on surface. I, I can I can see the argument for for a lack of change being that Kristen Stewart does start the movie being fairly selfless already you know helping people out trying to get people you know out of this catastrophe and stuff and then still ending the movie pretty selfless um i feel like in terms of a big signifier of change with her character there might be a little missing and that you know there could be the argument that she's a character that doesn't have change and and influences the change in the people around her or you know or, or elicits change in the people around her um and that could be sort of justified with you know Jessica Henwick and and um, what's the fucking dude's name I don't remember I'm just John, John Gallagher yeah. Jr. John Gallagher don't Jr. remember his that, name at that all maybe Smith? they're sort of people who are like you know uh, that she sort of gives them like a, a second chance at not being completely consumed by working with one another and actually having a life <laughs> but um, I, I can I can see the argument for a lack of change I still think the movie was like utterly compelling for me but um, well and I think too I the purpose I think when you have a, I think when you have a movie like you were saying like an RPG situation I think the purpose of an RPG movie like this like everybody's meant to exist and, and fill a slot mm-hmm. and then essentially die along the way or maybe they make it to the end but like I don't feel like growth is the point of these movies it's it's a slice no, of life it's not supposed to be growth but like I need you got to give me something to hang my hat on with any of these characters beyond just like that this is a Beyond the fact that what, what 
you happen to be lucky enough to like the character who felt the most like a character was TJ fucking Miller, which is absurd. <laughs> like, well, he's given quite a bit of room to be himself. Yeah, that's it, true. Yeah, but he's also given quite a bit of room to actually like speak and do things and and have a personality that isn't just about the survival. Mm. And if I had had to spend more time doing anything besides being enthralled by catastrophe in this yeah. movie, I would have been like, this movie's too long. I I felt like this movie was very long. Oh, I felt like I was in and out oh, so man. fast. A right, a thrill a minute for me. Yeah, I, and I th- I think maybe that was it. Is that this is a movie that that is very focused on you know I mean it's pulpy like it, it is it is I think the full on definition of pulp where there's not much you know huge like sort of meaning to be derived about about humanity itself. I mean the only real message of this movie is corporations are evil, <laughs> uh, I, I, and so you know it's more focused on just kind of like the visceral sort of experience of danger and high stakes like immediate threats. Um, you know, which, which I think they're the argument, you know, for and against pulp, I feel like has kind of been there since, since, sure, you know, sure. paperbacks, since Dickens, since whoever. Uh, uh, and so I think that's still an argument that's just as valid of like, is it worthwhile if your story doesn't show much about like the human experience of change or the value sure. in, mm-hmm. in becoming something different? Um, and so I don't know. I, I think this is an argument that won't be able to be solved. Okay. And I think that, I think that does set us up perfectly for what is the movie really about? Yeah. Jordan, go for it. Uh, uh, this movie is like definitely about gay rights and how we need them. And, uh, let, let, uh, let women, uh, have queer relationships on screen that are more intuitive than the heterosexual relationships that you (laughs) force upon them Mm -hmm. in deep sea self-contained environments where there's definitely going to be, uh, a love triangle in this situation of Kristen Stewart and John Gallagher and Jessica Henwick, if you must force <laughs> Jessica Henwick and John Gallagher to be together. Uh, and also, yes, about the hubris of man. As you said, when it started, when the movie started rolling, Jason, oh, yeah. uh, the folly of man, our great hubris, as Jessica <laughs> Henwick tells us at a certain point, we dug too deep. You know, the we just because we could, mm-hmm. we didn't stop to think if we should. <laughs> That you know, as the as as our as our arrogance comes pouring out of the sea floor at us in the form of mm-hmm. blood hungry xenomorph creatures, mm-hmm. uh, we are punished for our sins, which we are doomed to repeat as entirely flawed human beings, as we see in the newsreel epilogue mm-hmm. of yeah. the movie. The point of the movie is there was no change. <laughs> yeah, the point of the movie is All there's no fucking change. All this stuff happened. Men died and <laughs> battles were fought. And at the end of the day, the corporation just keeps drilling. <laughs> exactly. Man. Yep. Yep. I would. I would. I like the idea of it being about uh, the curse of heterosexuality. I, I immediately, <laughs> yeah. as soon as you said like that, it was about gay rights my first thought was like yes deep sea daddy yeah <laughs> like vincent gazelle deep sea daddy no i was sure. thinking of the of the monster mm. <laughs> I, like Get of it. our of our davy jones a davy jones <laughs> davy jones could just as easily become like a gay thirst trap easily oh like, if the babadook can become a queer yeah. icon davy jones underwater monster can 100 percent be a thirst <laughs> trap yeah. no deep sea deep sea the davy internet jones is a daddy fucked up enough place mm-hmm. for the underwater monster to become a thirst object yeah I, so so I, that was I'm, I'm with you on that one yeah that's it that's entirely true yeah. i recently guessed it on a podcast that very often turns horrific things into uh into sort of gay icons mm. uh uh 
And it, we have to queers have to spend a lot of time doing head cannoning. So at this point, we're just on nice. autopilot. At yeah, this point, just like, we're just whatever it is cruising. It can be gay. Yeah. It, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't even have to be as obvious as Kristen Stewart with a bleach blonde tie, like very short haircut, <laughs> operating machinery as a mechanical engineer. I will say a, a point to this movie's credit. There, you know, there is talk around the amount of time Kristen Stewart spends in um, tactical underwear. Yeah, and I did appreciate how the movie never stared at her. No, it was always it felt very clinical. Which yeah, like, I did. Yeah, there were scenes like where there are multiple scenes where she's running down a hallway. Mm-hmm. To the the end in yeah. particular, she's entirely just in her underwear, sprinting down a hallway, and the camera's following her from behind, and it always starts up track down it's from like her knees down yeah oh scan up to her shoulders and it's her Mm -hmm. running like head and shoulders it's a funny choice to have her be so unclothed and to not leer Mm. like to not seem to have an agenda with that but i i will say a a friend of mine i very cleverly um uh angela watercolor who i do hope joins us on the pod one day Mm. uh said uh, i think kristen stewart she's like kristen stewart spends like three quarters of this movie in her underwear i can't tell if that makes it more or less queer (laughs) it's like that's a very good point that like having Mm -hmm. not seen it was like that's a good that could go very much either way this could either be Mm -hmm. gay rights or misogyny we won't know and it just felt actually quite neutral Mm -hmm. it was very it was just like hmm, very impressive this specimen yeah Yeah, exactly you said that when we were walking out yeah the only time that the movie is like noticing her body is to notice how fit and like capable yeah 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 it's never about her solving like, problems and yeah. running yeah. through danger. No, yeah. she can she can absolutely help hoist a grown mm-hmm. man. Like, why wouldn't she be able to do <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. The only like leering moment is like the very sort of like you know the obvious. lowbrow obvious mm-hmm. yeah. like here it's it's legs and they're wearing what looks like panties. Oh, never mind. It's T.J. Miller. Yeah, it's and T.J. His Miller's underwear ass. Is really bad. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which again, the other separate movie that T.J. Miller was acting in was a situational <laughs> yes. comedy yeah. set amidst a undersea catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> uh so that brings us then to dream dream casting mm-hmm. what do you got uh i am com- i'm taking this back to the 90s and i'm just popping okay. in the entire cast of deep blue sea <laughs> <laughs> that's I a good idea i want all of them in that's whatever a good idea. organization oh. like i'm throwing all of them in this movie we've saffron Sam burrows <laughs> Thomas Jane, Sam oh, Jackson, yeah. Michael Rapaport, and mm. LL Cool J. Thomas Jane would be so right in this movie yeah. in mm-hmm. any era. I mean, Absolutely. it doesn't matter. You're right. The this whole the whole movie. group. Make Samuel Jackson the, He's the, the captain. The captain. Right? Yeah. yeah. Is um, LL Cool J the TJ Miller? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that you knew exactly like there was no question yeah. in my mind. Michael Rapaport, like he can He would have a he would have a parrot too. Yeah. He'd Michael, have a parrot. Yeah. I would, I would Michael really Rappaport's like the guy that dies, dies right away. The, right, and then Thomas yeah. Jane is the, the yeah. boy. Yeah. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. It's clear cut. Thanks. And then like Tay Leone can be his um his like research assistant Perfect. wife lady. <laughs> because un- like until that moment I had this moment where I was like, was Tay Leone in Deep Blue Sea? And I just <laughs> could not for the life of me. <laughs> All I can until think of is her in deep impact because we're thinking of disaster. So I couldn't tell you if she's in deep blue sea right now I, is so, taylioni yeah. in deep blue sea is no. the ultimate question no. of our time <laughs> yeah no no it's she's I, thanks to wikipedia <laughs> i know the answer no damn um <laughs> i did the other day i was at a i was at a restaurant and they had amc on and it was the middle of the day and i look at braveheart had ended and i look back up because <laughs> it was amc so i wouldn't braveheart be ending right. sure. and lily sobieski and oh yes young lily sobieski Lily. is looking in a telescope with young elijah wood <laughs> And I looked at this and I was like, Shit. is is what's happening about to happen? And then I was like, it couldn't be. Maybe they're in another movie. And then I Googled it. And nope, it was in fact Deep Impact. And I was just like, this is, do I ask them to turn the audio on <laughs> in the bar? Is that weird? Do I, I mean, it's 
one o'clock and I'm eating mac and cheese in a bar. Maybe I mean, at, at one a, one p.m. one p.m. or a.m. p.m. one p.m. Definitely turn the audio on. Come I, on. I decided. What are you doing? I decided it's not daytime. to. I decided not to only because I didn't want to watch part of it, stop watching right. it, and then we're going to eventually you at some point that, revisit yeah. it. Right. Right. And I wanted to go approach it fresh because I have not seen that movie in years. Yeah, it's going to be a, a good. And I want to. I want to approach that one. Revisit fresh. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so ta- speak, that's what got Taylor Leone back in my brain. And got I was it. like, why don't we? She had such great eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch those eyebrows in a diving suit. Second mm. movie that we've seen that had a lot of characters acting in, in helmets in the last couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. A lot of helmet acting. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of helmet acting. Uh, Ari says, is that me then? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, Kristen Stewart's not going anywhere. No. <laughs> Kristen Stewart is the star of this movie. You're going to make the whole movie out of Kristen Stewart. <laughs> it's seven <laughs> Kristen Stewart's. It's like multiplicity, but yeah. underwater emergency <laughs> with Kristen Stewart. Multi-Kristen-cy. Um, Kristen's Stewart. <laughs> Kristen's Stewart. Uh, she remains the star of this movie. Uh, I'm going to make uh, research assistant Jessica Henwick into Amber Heard. Okay. Mm. Oh, you're making this. You're just going to go yeah. right. Yeah. Is this, right is into this it. the L word, but instead of being set in Echo <laughs> Park, it's now set. <laughs> in the on Mariana the, Trench. The, floor. the Mariana Trench. I didn't get to see what this movie is really about. And now I'm just saying the Mariana Trench is a vagina. Really quick. <laughs> I did is. Google while we were talking. Um, both the Mariana Trench and Mariana's Trench are correct. Oh, thank Amazing. God. However, however, the revision that was done on the writing that was there for the intro. Originally, it did say as deep as Mariana's Trench. Yes. The correction that you guys did do was turn it into the Mariana's Trench. Which is incorrect. Oh, okay. It's a, you did it's both. a one or the other. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's like okay. when you spell Hanukkah with too many N's and too many K's. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> too many N's and K's. So many consonants. It's it's a confusing one. <laughs> uh, as per custom, uh, Rodrigo will be yes. played by Miles Teller. Mm. Great. So he's going to implode. Nice. <laughs> and the dead woman in the shaft mm. that Kristen Stewart passes is <laughs> going to be Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, who Kristen so like carefully like places her hand next to her body. That's mm. very tender. Scene. Yeah. Um, TJ Miller will be replaced by this is a very obvious pick. Ryan Reynolds. Sure. <laughs> Same energy. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, like I want to see that lowbrow common denominator movie yeah. star totally. comedy. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that fast talking sense of humor. Sure. Uh, I really like Vincent Cassell. There is a there like I I would love it if he stayed, but just I because I'm gonna recast everebody else. I'll recast him too. It's gonna be Sterling K. Brown. Ooh, I like so that. captainly. Nice. Yeah, nice. very captainly. So captainly. He's very that noble Brown. face. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Every time he starts speaking like at an award show, oh. I feel like I should like I need to sit down and put my back very straight. Yeah. Like, yeah. He would scold me if I didn't. Totally. Yeah. Um. I also, I honestly would have put Gerard Butler in there. Yeah. Oh, you could have done, tremendous. Could have, yeah. Oh, I, tremendous. Jerry Butler, but Sterling, yeah. yeah. But Sterling K. Brown is the, is the prestige choice. Yeah. yeah. Sterling K. Brown is, is the respectable yeah, one. Yeah. And, and, and Gerard Butler Gerard is Butler the poor is man's like the, Vincent Cassell. He do, yeah. He doesn't have his shit together. You're worried about him yeah. for sure. He doesn't have his shit together. Uh, and John Gallagher will become Tessa Thompson. Ooh. Oh, so it's definitely a complicated love triangle under the ocean yeah, with is. Kristen Stewart, mm-hmm. Amber Heard, and Tessa Thompson. <laughs> I mean, that's a fraught situation. That Boy, is, is it! Wow, <laughs> yeah. that is like the current drama. That's the headcanon drama between yeah. that of um, that's been happening in the Marvel universe with the actors. Mm-hmm. Oh, like with with like Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson, and Brie Larson yeah. kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's I'm imagining. How did a top lesbian said Brie Larson to an actual <laughs> audience of people with Tessa Thompson sitting next to her? <laughs> <laughs> 
cue for cue the applause. Um, you just can't make that up. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that that is my dream casting lineup. I, I w- that's a sounds like a compelling film. <laughs> I'm compelled. I would watch that movie. <laughs> um, well, I think that all right, Towering Infernos, Amanda. You know what I'm, is it? I'm putting it at two. I oh ooh, shit! I know. I briefly considered. I was even like, should I go back and watch it again? <laughs> Because I often will watch a movie a second time before we talk about it. And sure. I've seen it like the day it came out. Uh-huh. Which shows my enthusiasm for this. I was like, I'm uh-huh. going to go see this. I saw this with like a a normal person who does not obsess over disaster <laughs> mm. movies. Right. Um, I saw that with with my dean person. Uh-huh. And, the administrator. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with my dean of, of, my, dean of my student body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, with the word student. It's so terrible. I, I know. He called himself my boyfriend the other day. So I saw it with Whoa. my boyfriend. I know it's fine. So make, just making that making that announcement right here on the pod right now. Um, Podcast official. Um, but yeah, so he we saw that, and I was like, maybe seeing it with him prejudiced me. And then I was like, I I can't do it. I can't do that whole long sequence where they're crawling with Rodrigo and like, oh, love it. It it's so long mm. to get to the point where they're in the thingy going down into the the depths. I'm like, I can't. I'm not doing it again. So two. I'm putting it too. I'm sorry, wow. guys. I'm sorry. Solid. I'm the Jason. I'm the Jason of this of this round. <laughs> solid, solid four for me. Solid four for me. Hell yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. Yes. This movie. I support it. I support it. This movie slapped. I, I thought you would be. I, I, I you know what? I got it. I, I now that I'm hearing it and now that I'm feeling the energy, four and a half for me. Four and a half for me. I my own self consciousness was getting in the way, and you've liberated me. Here's it's the a thing. four and a half star movie. I sure there's a lot that this movie didn't do, <laughs> but boy did it do everything that I needed it to. Yes. Oh. I swallowed by a monster and shooting her way oh. out. Come on! I was the entire time. I was I was reacting with the movie. Oh, I we was were, we were we were we were jumping. Yeah. I was I was like oh my I was God. holding like my hand against my mouth yep. with like nerves. I was like oh yeah uh, yeah. And, and we was, were experiencing. I was this. laughing at the T.J. Millers. <laughs> and I was oh. four and a half, two four and a half, and a two. It felt like wow. you know what this felt like. This felt like one of the short stories that would be contained within um, EC's weird science fantasy <laughs> comics from the nineteen. 50s where just weird shit would happen really fast you're in and out and you'd be like the world's still bad but that shit was cool but that was fucking cool yeah yep i, I loved it. it i loved it i had I've a never great seen time. another movie with dean again That's <laughs> it. yeah dean poisoned the well that for this might have, what it yeah. is because i did not experience this film oh. the way that you guys did oh we Man. were we were having a blast oh and I did. I did come in so primed for just the, the just a trashy but clippy. Mm-hmm. And I was know. ready to just focus on Kristen Stewart and tune out everything yeah. else. And I was like, No, I am immersed. Yep. I am having a wonderful mm. time. Love so, it. Yeah, that's all right. So on on happier news, Amanda, mm. what's next for us? I am excited to announce that our next <laughs> film will be. <laughs> oh, what a title! Um, yeah, truly. Yep. Which, as we discovered, is a movie about a man who goes to China and does not control the mm-hmm. as I thought it was. <laughs> but he instead becomes a Even better. Yes. And then he fights drug dealers and ninjas, per the and description. Is, yeah, and is counseled to do so by, by a, prostitute. a prostitute. Yes. Mm. Uh, you can find this on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. Yes. Um, and that is an exciting thing that I found thanks to the wonder of searching Twitter for the hashtag disaster movie. <laughs> Beautiful. So, I love it. Um, speaking of Twitter, Jordan, 
Where can we find you on it? Uh, you can find me having very different opinions from Amanda about underwater <laughs> at J-O-R-C-R-U. Um, you can find me. I'm at Amanda R. Tubbs. I will probably be muting Jordan again, <laughs> which I have inadvertently done. I inadvertently did it like a, a year ago, but now I'm going to do it on purpose. Friendship over. Um, and Jason... Uh, you can find me contemplating Shia LaBeouf's career and also <laughs> celebrating the 49ers' birth into the Super Bowl Woo-hoo! with Jason Halftones. Um, and then you can find the podcast for Disaster underscore Pod. Um, you can find us on tw- uh, on Twitter. That's where we are. Mm. You can find us with emails at disastergirlspod at gmail.com. I still have it set up on my phone and no one emails us. Man, I can't believe so you haven't sad even gotten and like, email a us. bad email. I don't think I've gotten a <laughs> single, very surprising. single one. Disaster Girls Pod. Nope, still just Twitter password reset request. Dusty, <laughs> it's dusty. It's just, it's sad. No one has sent us a thing. No one has sent us any anger on that. And then of course you guys, rate and review. Mm-hmm. Please, Please, we need the ratings. We need the reviews. Um, they are, if you will, our deep sea diving suits <laughs> protecting us from a, the yeah, elements mm-hmm. to keep us safe in the in the deep deep pressure of <laughs> oh my god i didn't even say my favorite fun fact that i learned about being that deep please oh it is the equivalent of having 50 jumbo jets oh that is the pressure, the pressure of the sea the, on your body uh, at yeah okay. it's 50 jumbo jets i wrote down 50 jumbo jets and did. didn't mention it wow. but okay um, good there it's there. in the record so that's the thing that you should all know so, so take that with you friends mm-hmm. and uh give us 50 jumbo jets worth of ratings yeah and reviews. And, and we'll see you next week for See you for the pepper. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>